This is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on this edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, our first for season 2016, we catch up with WAWFL league best and fairest Kiara Bowers, the coach of the new Kingborough Tigers from Tasmania, Cara Brooks, Victorian women's footy legend and coach of the VU Western Spurs, Debbie Lee, and the female football coordinator at the University of Queensland Red Lions, Michael Swan. All that's coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden. Thanks for your company and welcome to Season 2016 of the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. And I'd say what a summer it's been. In fact, what a last week it's been for women's footy and for GirlsPlayFooty.com. First of all, for women's footy, it appears it could be eight teams that will be taking part in the new Women's National League next year. Looking at a window of February to April that the competition will run with suggestions there'll be one team each from WA. SA, Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, and four from Victoria. Now, that's the unofficial number, but that's what they're currently floating out there at the moment with a seven-game season plus finals. So, uh, hopefully, by March 4th and the uh, Susan Alberti uh, fundraising breakfast they've got going on, which is the uh, women in footy breakfast, uh, they might start to drop more details there, including the tender process. So we kind of know what clubs will be fielding sides in season 2017 of what they're dubbing as AFLW. Now, of course, at girlsplayfooty.com, we've just had a look at the stats this week, and it's incredible. We're nearing 5,000 likes on Facebook, and we've got more than 4,000 Twitter followers, uh, making us clearly the number one independent site when it comes to women's footy, and just quietly almost surpassing the official channels as well, which is extraordinary for what is, at the moment, a volunteer effort. And if you haven't seen of late, some of our stories have been republished by the SBS Zella website. And for those in Victoria who opened up Saturday's Herald Sun on the 20th of February, you saw on page... Page 80, the Jessica Wuchner article, which originally appeared on our website a couple of days later, was in the main paper. It's been extraordinary where uh, the girlsplayfooty.com website has come in just the last uh, two years. And, of course, it all wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you very much for following us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. But that's enough of the blabbing. You want to hear from our guests. And our first guest, indeed, is a very special one. She's a four-time best and fairest in the WAWFL League competition. She's from the Coastal Titans. And I remember a phrase that was said by Ashley Renshaw when it was the WA versus Victoria State match at Domain Stadium last year. It was Daisy Pierce versus Kiara Bowers, and she went, it's champion on champion, and we've got one of those champions with us, Kiara Bowers. Kiara, thanks very much for joining us, and welcome. Hey, how are you going? Uh, first of all, before we get into a little bit about your past, uh, how are you feeling heading into season 2016? Uh, I'm excited. But, you know, it's going to be a big year. And then, you know, next year being the AFL comp starting up. So this year is going to start it all off. So I think the girls are going to have a big year and everyone's going to step up. So it's exciting. Indeed it is. But let's flash back to, uh, to when you first started f- uh, footy. What, what are we talking about? Six, seven years ago when you first pulled on a jumper? Yeah, I think it was 2008 I started playing for uh, Southern River before they folded. So it's quite, it's quite a while ago. And what first uh, drew you to, to playing footy with Southern River? Uh, well, I, I was at school at the time, so I was playing schoolgirls comp, and 
you know, that finished and our school couldn't do it the next year. So I just, you know, Googled online and wanted to, to com- continue playing. And I just found the closest club to me because obviously I didn't have my licence at the time and found Southern River. So that was amazing to play with and met a whole bunch of good friends. And then they folded and then I, I've, I've ended up at um, Coastal Titans, which is an amazing club. So it's, it's been good. And what is it about Coastal Titans? Do you notice that when you walk in the door, is there a certain air of professionalism to the club? Oh, it's it's very structured and it's very amazing. It's just family. You're like you walk in there and everyone's so open and everyone's so fun and you can't go in there and not have a good time. And I think I've heard so many people say that. You know, it's just a big family, but it's so professional at the same time. And I believe in 2009, I think, was it your second or third season in, you won the league best and fairest. Did, did that blow you away to win it so early in your career? Uh, yeah, um, still blows me away every time I'm lucky enough to win it. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't expect it and I, I still am a bit overwhelmed by it. It's, it's pretty amazing and I think um, I still count it down as a bit of luck and, you know, I don't think anyone can win anything like those awards without the, the team around them, so... It's pretty good. It's, it's amazing. Uh, between yourselves and, and your rival Swan Districts, there's a, a bunch of talented players to go through. I mean, I can see on the Swan District side, when you when you look at Bentley, when you look at uh, Randall and, and Danell, and in, in your opinion, as one, one of the best players in the WAWFL, who do you see as the elite crop of WA footballers that you know when you line up against, they're going to give you a hard day at the office? Well, definitely Swan Districts is, is our rivals. You know, we've we've versed them in the last couple of years, and they've got they've got a whole bunch. The three that you named, but they've got girls coming up as well. You know, they've got Yugal, they've got Bonzo who's coming up, who's just a mini um, Courage and Ellen, and you know, they're just going to be a force to be reckoned with. So we need to step up our game as as they have been these last couple of years. So they've got they've got a lot of girls, and it's, it's exciting. You originally uh, drafted in 2013 to play in the first exhibition match. Did that change your whole outlook on, on how you prepare for footy when you first pulled on a jumper and ran onto the MCG? Uh, not really. You know, I, I just go out there. You, you know, I go out there for fun and socialising, and to be able to do that is it's it's amazing, and um, it's it it makes you step up. You can't not do you know the AFL comp without you know stepping up because the girls around you are just so elite and so professional and you know if, if you don't then you're going to look silly on the stage as well as you know off stage so I had to step it up and hopefully I did all right. <laughs> well indeed you did and you, of course you got drafted again in 2015 to uh, play for Melbourne uh, of course uh, winning that series over the uh, Western Bulldogs. What was the feedback that, that you got from, from family and friends where there it was you and a Melbourne jumper on national television? Well, my mum and dad aren't actually big footy footy fans, but my brother, um, he, he played for Swan Districts actually um, a couple of years ago and he played for South not, uh, not long before that. So I think him saying that he was pretty proud of me was probably one of the best moments. And he still says it now every time I get to run out. He's, you know, we've got a competition going on and I think I'm beating him now because he hasn't put an AFL jump on yet. So I'm one up. <laughs> it's always good to have that sibling rivalry. And let's talk about another rivalry. Let's talk about WA versus Victoria. It was it was a special day back in June at Domain Stadium where you knocked off the Victorians for the first time. Of course, uh, over in Victoria, there's a sense of disappointment that the winning streak is over. But h- how much does it mean to the women that play WA football 
to to get over what was seen as almost the impossible hurdle. Oh, that game, you can't actually say enough about it. You know, I know I've heard it said by nearly every girl that played that game for WA. You know, we went out there and we we had our tasks and everyone had a role and our, our team had a role and everyone played it on the day and it just came together so perfectly. And I say it all the time, but it was probably one of the best games that I've ever played in. And getting over top of Vic, you know, you can't, you can't not be happy with that. And, you know, hopefully we do it again, you know, this year and, we, you know, take two away from her and, and we'd be happy with that, definitely. And uh, I remember during the call of the game, uh, your Coastal Titans teammate Ashley Renshaw was alongside me and when you were placing the Daisy Pierce, she called it at the moment as champion on champion. What was going <laughs> what, what was going through your mind that when you were given the task by Michelle Cowan to go, right, you're to take on the best player Victoria has and maybe arguably the best player in the country? I think she definitely is. She's she's won all the accolades and she's just an amazing person, let alone an amazing player. Um, I don't know, I kind of just didn't think about it. I think everyone manned up and she was left and I was like, all right, you know. I knew that I'd be able to run with her all day because, you know, I've, I've kept my fitness up and stuff like that. So as long as I can, you know, beat her one-on-one and that was my mindset. And, you know, she won some and I won some, so... We got off on the day, so I, c- I count that as my win, I guess. But no, she's an amazing player, and she's she deserves every accolade that she gets. She's she's beyond. So that's good. From that particular day, is there any memory that that sticks out for you for that victory? Oh, I kicked a couple of goals, I think, which was pretty awesome. Um, but no, not 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 so much that. Just just the win, and at the end, coming in with the girls, and just you know, Michelle Cowan gave us a. Um, a task to get so many tackles and disposals and at the end of the game she showed us a whiteboard and we'd hit that exact mark and she said if we did that we would win and she showed us at the end of the game we all ended up you know cheering and stuff because we'd done it and we got the win so that was pretty much the best thing that day so it was great. We've been talking with other coaches and other players around the country about the uh, interest in women's football rising since that TV match uh, between Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs at Eddie Had Stadium. Have you noticed at the Coastal Titans in WA more girls walking in off the street wanting to have a go? Oh yeah, we've um, we've obviously started our pre-season and I, uh, I think I missed the first two weeks of pre-season and came down and there was just, I couldn't even name half the girls, there was that many girls there and I think we had, uh, we had our um traditional biathlon last weekend and um, there was double the amount in a photo this year than there was last year. There's so many new girls interested and so many young girls wanting to come up and they're all talented and they're just going to make the sport rise so much in the next couple of years. And of course you said you're you're back training again. Um, For a person like you that's regarded as a champion amongst your peers, what's a typical training week like for you to get ready for the season? <laughs> it's very long, and I couldn't actually explain it right now. But um, this 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 um, off season, I've actually been trying to change my um, training up because I'm obviously I'm a runner, but obviously I've got to try and fix other other um, spots in my game. So I've been trying to work on my power and speed, and I'm um, trying to not be the smallest per- person out there. So I've been putting on some muscle to try and you know I won't be as big as Hutchie, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and get there. <laughs> I was about to say, if you think there's a small little weakness on your game that you would like to improve, what do you see that as being? I do see that. Like obviously, I'm a runner, so you know I always keep that at my top of my game. But you know, I would like to be, you know, a bit, a bit 
bigger because I'm, you know, quite small and I don't want to be pushed off the ball. So I like to try and be strong as well as, you know, be able to run all day. So that's that's what I've been working on. Try and bulk up a little bit so I'm not a little, you know, a little bit of a weed out there. You know, I can still muscle against the best. So that's what I try and work on. And as you said, uh, you, you balance work at the moment, full-time work as a sales rep uh, with your footy career. Do you hope that it, that even if um, you're still playing the first few years as a part-time footballer, that something will open up in the football industry where you can be involved in sport full-time? Oh, I think every girl playing football at the moment wants that, you know. We all want to be able to do it full-time and be able to, you know, not have to worry about anything else and just put, you know, 100% into the sport that we love. But, you know, until it, 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 it becomes bigger and, you know, we get all the people watching and everything like that and more, more supporters, you know, everything like that, we just need to, you know, work as much as we can at the moment and, and play as much as we want. So that's what we're going to do until it comes and I have no doubt that it's going to come. I feel like it's going to come sooner than we think. Well, Kiara, thank you very much for joining us on the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. We wish you all the very best throughout uh, 2016, uh, not only with the Coastal Titans, but obviously when you uh, pull on either a Melbourne jumper or a West Coast jumper or whatever other representative jumper they decide to throw you away. <laughs> thank you very much. You have a good day. And we thank Kiara very much for her time. Now moving across from the West Coast all the way down to the Apple Isle. Now the Tasmanian Women's Footy League is, uh, well, only just going into its 10th season now. It originally started in 2007 with just two teams. So it's it's a bit behind the other states, such as WA Victoria and the uh, Queensland competition, which is developing at a rapid rate. But new clubs are starting to appear as women's footy starts to grow throughout the nation. And one of them is the Kingborough Tigers, or otherwise known as uh, Tigers FC, down there in southern Tasmania. They've got a veteran at their club who will take over the coaching reins for season 2016. Her name is Cara Brooks, and she joins us on the line. Cara, thanks for joining us on the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. No worries. Thanks, Peter. Good for you. Great to have you on board. Now, before we talk about the new club, let's talk a little bit about your history. Uh, you're not new to the Tassie footy circles. You've been around since 2007. In fact, uh, you were a player and captain uh, originally at Clarence. I was, yeah, yeah. Started off in um, in two thousand and seven, uh, and the the competition was just a two team competition uh, back then, and uh, we played two games um, and, and against Launceston, and yeah, the competition's grown from there. Now, what first attracted you to to playing the, the first organised Tassie women's footy? Oh, I've always had a, a a strong passion for footy. I've loved it, and and unfortunately, Tassie there. There, there wasn't a, a league until 2007, so um, I, I, I went and played rugby union for um, nine or so seasons prior to um, taking up footy. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was um, fantastic when, when when the league was developed in 2007. And of course, you moved as the league expanded in uh, 2011, uh, joining the then Hobart Tigers. I did. I had uh, a few former um, rugby teammates um, veer off into the, the Hobart team and they asked me to come along and, yeah, wanted to develop the competition and um, saw that as a great opportunity. And, of course, you're, you're not new to the coaching caper. A couple of years ago, you were playing coach at Hobart City and in the same year, I believe, you were a line coach for the youth girls side? Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, I was, I was in the position to retire from playing football um, in that season, and um, unfortunately, we, we we 
being a new, new or redeveloping our, our team, we were really low on numbers. So I ended up playing the full season as a playing coach and, um, yeah, and had that fantastic opportunity um, uh, as a line coach under Andy Smith um, with the youth girls, uh, the first Tasmanian youth girls team um, combination with Northern Territory. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic experience. And personally from you, what did you learn from that experience uh, being a line coach of a representative side? Uh, it was, you know, just an amazing opportunity to, to, to take that next step and, and actually um, coach at that level. I, very inexperienced um, coaching for my first season as coach and it's a whole, whole new ball game um, to, to playing. So having Andy, um, the experience of Andy Smith and, and his guidance and, um, you know, letting us uh, new coaches step up and, and take that, that next step into the line coach um, was just fantastic. Uh, you know, you're learning every 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 game and, and seeing the game in a different through different eyes. And um, it was I, I got the bug for, for coaching and loved it and um, was keen to continue on after a year off um, to to develop that coaching from there. And, of course, a couple of months ago, uh, the AFL Tasmania uh, put out a, a notice saying they're looking at expression of interest, they're looking for new clubs to join, and, and one of those was the uh, Tigers Football Club based out of uh, the Twin Ovals in Kingston. Uh, what first attracted you to the coaching role there, and, and what process did you have to go through to get the position? Oh, I, I, I had I had a few conversations with Rodney um, Hwain and the Vice President of the Tigers in previous years and they were really keen, um, you know, a couple of years ago to get a team up and board, but it just hadn't happened. Um, and I'd had a year off from footy and um, was ready to get back into the game, but just was, was unaware, I wasn't sure um, on what aspect, I want, whether I wanted to get into um, junior coaching or um, or senior. And um, I was actually approached by um, Marcus Davis, the high performance manager at the, the Tigers, um, to come over and have a chat about a women, women's team. And, and from there... Um, I decided to take on the coaching role, and um, and we've we've gone from there. And what's it like trying to start a new team from scratch? And when we talk about new team, it's not only just trying to get players in the door, but it's also trying to pick your own coaching staff. And you know, we're talking about water boys, we're talking about trainers, we're talking about everything that goes off the field as well to support a team. Yeah, it's it's a huge challenge, and you know, particularly in Tassie, we're still uh, you know still at a position where the league is developing. Um, where this year we're looking like getting a, a youth girls or junior competition um, up and running, and that's a major step for the game. So, you know, we are still developing. It is still a lot of. Um, females don't know that the, the sport exists, so we're still getting the word out there and building the sport. So getting a new team um, up and running is, you know, it is challenging, um, but, we, you know, we, we're um, getting new players coming along each week. Um, we're staying positive and, and trying to get the word out um, as best we can and, and get girls in because once once they come along and, and have a kick, they, they love it. So, um, yeah, it's a huge challenge. And, and as for resources, um you know, once we get the players on board, hopefully, um, you know, family and friends will, will step up and assist with um, the the other roles that need filling, running and manager positions. And, and as a new club, have you found the mix of players to be like? Is it generally a lot of uh, players that are new to the game or are you getting a few that are they're crossing over from other clubs? Uh, we've had a few crossover from other clubs, but the majority of girls so far are new to the sport. Um but mostly uh, coming over from other sports, um, netball, basketball. We've got some athlete, ath- uh, girls from athletics. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, at this stage, we've, we have a really 
really strong, athletic, young team. And that's good to hear. And as you said, crossing over from other sports, do you expect some of those girls to uh, to try their hands at the national tryouts um, uh, coming up shortly in Hobart? I've certainly encouraged them to, and we have had some girls register. So, um, and I'm expecting them to do really well. So, um, you know, just to, to any, any exposure to the game will be fantastic for our new players, and I think that's a that's a great opportunity to um, to to have a crack. And uh, what's your philosophy going into the first season? What style of football you're hoping for the girls to play in, in your first year? Uh, we're, you know, we're just going for a pretty relaxed um, atmosphere. I want to get the girls in and 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 get them loving the sport and and enjoying the sport. Um, you know, we want to go do the basics, just get really good skills, um, not focusing so much on on you know. Uh, the fitness side of things, we want to get really good skills, foot and hand, and and um, you know get them enjoying the game. Um, obviously, we'd like to win some games, but um, you know that comes with it, and we'll take the first first step in getting a team up and running, and go from there. And Cara, just before we let you go, of course, there's anyone uh, listening to the podcast uh, in Tasmania that uh, knows someone that's uh, wanting to give women's footy a go and, and particularly lived around the Hobart, Southern Tasmanian area. Uh, how can they get in contact with you or, or when can they show up at training and whereabouts for them to pull on a Tigers jumper? Fantastic. Well, we're, we're training two nights a week at this stage um, at the Kingston Twin Ovals um, and we're training Tuesday and Thursday night uh, 5.45 through to 7 o'clock. Uh, they can contact um, me um, via doing a lot of our communication via Facebook or they can contact the club. Uh, I don't actually have the the, um, the email address uh, in front of me here, sorry, but um, it's the Tigers Fo- Kingborough Tigers Football Club um, and we have a good website there with contact details. Excellent. That's all I have to do. Uh, just Google the Tigers FC. Cara, thank you very much for uh, joining us here on girlsplayfooty.com. We wish you uh, all the very best throughout season 2016. Great. Thank you very much. And we thank Cara very much for her time. I'm Peter Holden, and you are listening to the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Time to talk Victorian women's footy. And before we introduce our next guest, uh, we should remind you that the fixture hopefully will be due out soon for what's being dubbed as the new Victorian Women's State League. That essentially is the six Premier Division clubs from last year, and they're adding to it the four, top four Division One teams from last year, being Knox, uh, North Geelong, now known as Geelong Magpies, uh, Cranbourne and Seaford Tigerettes. Uh, joining the current six Premier Division sides to make a new competition. Uh, The fixture for that should be due out any moment now. It's been promised in mid-February, so keep your eyes peeled out for it. I've been told there's a few surprises in there, including maybe a few night games and some uh, curtain raises to some VFL men's matches as well. And, of course, for us, for Girls Play Footy Radio, uh, we originally started as VWFL Radio in 2014. Last year, we became GirlsPlayFooty.com Radio, did a full season of Premier Division, including that famous last round where we did two matches at once and the feedback we got from that was incredible and including the listers that we had online for the WA versus Victoria match at Domain Stadium and the Premier Division Grand Final that we did last year. We hope to be back again covering this new Women's State League in season 2016. Uh, There's obviously some official stuff that we've got to do first. We've been told by AFL Victoria we now, all of us as commentators, have to apply for media accreditation. What that involves, we 
don't quite know yet, but uh, once we know, you'll know, and hopefully we'll be back bringing you the same professional coverage that we've been doing as essentially the only call team of women's footy in the country. But I've been told we'll be joined by Croc Media this year who are going to be doing some of the exhibition matches uh, that the AFL are putting on. So it's fantastic that live women's footy coverage is starting to expand. We're going down the right road, folks. Now, we've got the Victorian women's footy legend herself, Debbie Lee, on the line. Of course, she's founded the Spurs when they originally at Sunshine. They headed off a number of years ago to St Albans and enjoyed some premiership success there. And, well, they've up roots and headed for a new suburb in the effort to try and attract some new players. And that's what we're going to talk to her about. We've got on the line the coach of the VU Western Spurs, Debbie Lee. Debbie, thanks for joining us in Season 2016. Pleasure, Peter. And, uh, first of all, it's the first time we've seen you since Season 2015. Uh, Congratulations on the new arrival. Yes, thank you. Young Mac is now uh, five months old, and uh, he's great. It's um, it's been a, it's been a great journey so far having him a part of our life. And, and I guess your own personal cheerleader on the boundary line now. Yes, uh, he's certainly a spur, and he's met all the girls. So there's uh, yeah, plenty plenty of uh, things to look forward to. And of course, he's not the only new thing at the Spurs. Uh, for you, a lot of new things have happened, including a rebranding from St Albans to being the VU Western Spurs, and you've also changed location from St Albans to Footscray. That's right. We've um, probably been on the on the table for you know a good year and a half to two years, talking with Victoria University and and just looking where we were based. We found that being based in St Albans just didn't give us the platform to recruit. Um, well, um, and as a result, we, we moved across to the Henry Turner Oval, which just sits directly across from Victoria University. Um, there's only a um, Parkside Football Club there, so it's, um, the actual ground isn't um, utilised as much as it should be. So we're sharing that tenancy now with the Parkside Footy Club, and um, look, we've already seen the results of that move. And already uh, I've seen a tweet from Karen Hayes suggesting uh, that last night 27 new recruits are training. That's phenomenal. That's an entire side. Yes, yes. I mean, there's no secret that, um, you know, two years ago there was a bit of a walkout with some of our players and we had to rebuild in the last two years were very, very difficult, both on and off the field. Um, but now, you know, we've worked really hard in those two years and we've really seen the, the efforts of that work been a great job by our executive and um you know we've we've gone hard on recruitment um we've sold the story we've sold our story which includes having a partnership in the moment at uh, the moment we're discussing a partnership with bulldogs we had jordan ruffett as our assistant coach ben sorrento is an assistant coach who's a vfl player um and the you know negotiating the new venue plus the victoria university um partnership as well so you know a lot of those girls are excited because uh, they can see that we're going to start investing in them um, and give them some great opportunities. Does it feel like a reboot, a refresh for the club, particularly going into, well, technically a new competition? It's Premier Division plus four Division One sides. And because I guess you haven't seen these uh, teams from a lower division that have come up, it's almost hopefully for you an opportunity that you can score some wins compared to last year. It was fairly tough at the bottom of the table. Yeah, it was tough. For two years, we've held the, held the ladder up. Um 
So the idea is that obviously to win a few games. So having, you know, we, we don't just think we can perhaps challenge some of the teams that are coming up. We think we'll be competitive, much more competitive side to, um, you know, the, the teams that are in the existing competition as well. So the likes of East Burwood and, and, and um, Melbourne Uni and those sides. So um, we just want to be competitive on the park. I think it's important to, to, to be competitive to stay in state league. You, you need to be competitive to earn that spot. Um, and we think we've got the right off-field team and now we've got a lot of new young girls, a lot of girls transitioning from youth girls as well. Um, there's a lot, lot coming through, so it's a really exciting time. And talking about good fortune, um, not too far away from your ground, about a K or two away at the Witten Ovals where they had the national talent search. Have you been able to pick up any of those girls across to your club? Yeah, we have. We have. We've probably picked up three or four. Um, uh, girls uh, that have um, been involved in that and we've had probably five or six girls who are new players who went down and participated in that talent search so um, you know it's it's been really worth its while and I think having the promotion of the talent search and what the AFL and AFL Vic are doing it has helped the you know recruitment um, which has been a great result for the Spurs. And obviously without them playing a match yet, are you able to look at them in training and be able to look at them and go, they do look like elite athletes, they do look like they will make the grade? Yep, yep, certainly. We've got um, one young player who um, has just made the Australian indoor soccer team. We have another player who's uh, also um, a handball, uh, Australian champion handballer. So we've got some elite athletes. The, the, the thing we need to work on is transitioning their skills. So they've got the, the work ethic and the, the dedication and the fitness. It's just about transferring those skills. So there'll be a bit of work to be done there. We've got also a couple of state um, netballers and also some basketballers who just know sport and know teams, but again, just transferring those skills that they can pick it up pretty quick. Have you managed to retain most of your 2015 list into this year? Yeah, yeah, we have. That's why the numbers are so great. So we've we've built a foundation. Um, last year, we worked really hard on just filling two sides, which we did, um, without topping up. And what we've been able to do is just um, add to those numbers. So we've retained a lot of our players. We've had a couple of players who are full pregnant. So the Spurs are really turned into a bit of a family club. There'll be lots of prams under the um, pavilion on a Saturday and Sunday. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, we've been able to retain a fair few of those players, which is great. And as we mentioned about National Talent Search, also at the moment is the Victorian Women's Football Academy. Uh, how many from the Spurs have been invited to that academy? We had three, um, which, you know, we, were, we probably thought we might have a few more. But I guess, you know, it's hard when you're, you're, you're on the bottom of the ladder um, and you haven't got the support of your teammates around you to, you know, get you up to where you're, the level that you need to be. But um, we've got three. There's another one going in as a result of the Talent Search. Um, I've asked um, Bergs to come down and have a look at some of the other Spurs as well. Um, but like I say to the girls, I don't think we need to hang your hat on just because you're in the academy means you're going to get drafted. I think it's all about how you play the game on Saturday and Sunday. Whilst the academy's great and I'm supportive of it, um, I don't think players who are not in the academy shouldn't think, oh, I'm not going to be drafted. And I think that's a little bit what I'm hearing out in the, the, the footy community. And I guess if I put my Melbourne hat on, um, whilst we look at the academy, which I'm going down to tonight, we also will be looking at you know, home and away season. And just because you're not in the academy means doesn't mean you're not going to get drafted. And, of course, uh, one of the key names that everyone keeps an eye on is the captain in Bree Wright. Uh, and another one I also look at, um, Alexandra Quigley, was a standout last year. Has she returned this year and come back from injury? Yeah, yeah, she's still got a little bit injured, so we're working with um, 
um, Quigs at the moment. Um, Bree White is back in. She's just a terrific leader. She's part of the academy. She's been in the AFL program for the last since inception. Uh, Amy Harrison is also another good player. Who's it's her second year. She's a state netball second year at Spurs. She's been in the academy. Ashley Guest is another one. Gabrielle Gunn is a new player. Um, her foot skills are really outstanding. Um, and the amount of young talent we've got coming through who have been in um, academy programs and new girls state programs um, is really exciting because we've been able to inject a lot of younger people within our club, which is going to hold us in good stead for years to come. And uh, finally, before we let you go, uh, Debbie, have you got a theme or a motto for the side for this year? We haven't as yet. We've, we've got a pre-season camp coming up on the 20th of um, February at the Western Bulldogs, and that's where we'll start developing our, our values and also our um, our motto, as you refer to it. Um, so we'll throw that to the players, and the players need to own that and, and drive that. So haven't come up, one, up with one yet, but certainly the players will be um, asked to on that day. Well, Debbie, thank you very much for joining us here on girlsplayfooty.com. We wish you uh, all the very best for season 2016. And no doubt we'll see you uh, during the Match of the Round coverage at some stage. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for your support. And we thank Debbie very much for her time. It's now time to head up north to the Sunshine State in the Queensland Women's Australian Football League, the QWAFL, and it's been shortened this year from seven teams to six teams with Griffith Maruka uh, going down to join the QWAFA where there's some new teams joining that. So it's now a six-team QWAFL, no buys in the fixture, season to kick off around uh, April. And one of the teams that struggled last year but are looking to get back on track, and they've done so with a few new recruits, is the University of Queensland Red Lions. And I've got their female football coordinator on the line, Michael Swan. Michael, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, how are you feeling as uh, we're almost, almost at season 2016? Yeah, yeah, it's an exciting time of year with uh, with the schedule coming out. It's, obviously, everyone's been working towards it for, for quite a while. Um, I mean, it's still uh, a couple of months away, but everyone wants to jump straight into it, I think. And before we uh, talk about players and everything along the lines of that, I was actually just taking a very close look at the fixture. And besides one game, all of your matches as well are, are Saturday Twilight fixtures. It was trialled last year. It seems to be popular and almost adopted across the board. Yeah, I think they've, they've used that as alt time for the games this year. Uh, that They were great last year when they were able to be scheduled at that time, but there were some difficulties with a few clubs, UQ included, uh, not being able to play the Twilight fixtures because of the lights that were at the grounds. Uh, so at the uni, we've managed to get our lights uh, up over the required minimum over summer, so we'll be able to play home matches in that Twilight spot, which is great. Uh, I think it's just a... It was a really good time for footy last year um, for those games to be played, and especially when there's men's matches or uh, women's reserves on beforehand, it, it really does add a bit of excitement to the whole to the whole afternoon. And it does seem to fill a uh, particular time slot as well, considering that most uh, it, with most of the audience wanting to watch the main AFL itself on TV, which doesn't usually start to seven seven thirty. You've got that gap between a traditional men's match and an AFL Saturday night game starting, and it seems to fill it quite nicely. Yeah, I'm not sure that it was planned to do that in particular when they came up with the idea of playing them at that twilight spot. Um, I think it was more to try to create some alignment between matches that the clubs are playing in so they could have a few games back-to-back and, uh, I suppose, maximise... 
money that would be spent at the ground if there's more games on. Uh, but I, I suppose it's a handy byproduct that it, it fits in well around the AFL matches as well, that we can get a bit of exposure and get a bit of a crowd down to the games and they can still watch their, their AFL teams play afterwards or before. So let's talk about uh, the University of Queensland. A bit of a tough year last year, only just a handful of wins. Uh, Assessing the year, what do you think you need to do between obviously then and now the start of season 2016 in April to try and slowly catch up to the sides like Koolangatta and Corporu? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting year all round for the competition. It's shaping up to be um, a much more balanced and even competition, hopefully, with the top being spread around a little. It's just naturally ended up that way. Um, last year, we, we didn't get as many wins as we would have wanted, but overall, it wasn't really a, a, a terrible year for us. We're still in our infancy, I suppose you'd, you'd describe us. Uh, our women's program at uni that was our third year last year uh, so still very much growing we had lots of girls that were new to the game um, just just learning the rules learning the skills and the development from the start of the year to the end of the year was fantastic and there were quite a few uh, competitive games in there where we just couldn't quite get the result but we were pretty happy with being able to match it with some of the teams that previously we'd uh, really struggled against so it, was, it probably was a quite a step forward for us last year, but still obviously not where we want to be. Um, I think we, overall we really struggled with some commitment levels last year. We, we, we were having a fair few changes week to week, whether that was through injuries or um, some of the players having commitments with various other things, university and travel and all sorts of things. So I, I think the first step would really be upping that commitment level. Uh, if we can get a little bit more buy-in from uh, some of the ladies playing with us, then I, I think that'll go a long, long way to, to pushing us up the ladder. But uh, we, we've actually benefited quite uh, quite well recruitment-wise this season. We've got Damien Richards on board as our QWAFL coach this year. Uh, so I've sort of moved on to, I suppose, a female football coordinator role, overseeing both the QWAFL and QWAFA teams at the uni and Damo then can really take control of the Quaffle side and, and really focus his time and attention on that. He's a great coach who he took Cooper to their first two premierships a couple of years ago and has been involved in the state program for a while so he's, he's quite a reputable coach up here uh, and hopefully of more than up here as well. Um, and I, I suppose word spread of that, of the fact that Damo had come on board, and just naturally that we'd focused on, on being quite an enjoyable club, a uh, club that really enjoyed uh, getting down, playing the footy, improving their skills and their knowledge of the game. And so a lot of the sides that we played against uh, spoke quite highly of us. So um, a, a few a few players have come to us from other clubs or some juniors uh, hearing about us, our, our growing program, have, have joined us over the off-season. So I, I think our, our list is certainly looking a lot stronger. Uh, and if we can get those commitment levels throughout the list that, that we'd be looking for, then I, I think we should hopefully take quite a few teams by surprise and um, 
and skyrocket up the ladder. As you were mentioning earlier about some good performances but not winning, does a bit of psychology come into that? Almost the case of having to learn how to win when you're in those positions, being able to just switch gears and go again? Yeah, definitely. There were a few games where we probably would like to think that we could have got over the line um, and, and just didn't quite have the ability or, or more to the point probably some of the, the experience and um, composure to to hold steady at the end and get across the line. We managed to win a close one in our second last round of the year, but there were a few earlier on in the year that, that, that we just didn't quite have that experience level to, to close out. Um, I think that that's something that we've we focused a lot over the last few years, as I said before, on really enjoying our footy and um, having a good time while we're there, um, playing hard, but but focusing on, on really having fun while we're doing it. The main focus of that being player retention and, and player recruitment benefited from having a, a good environment. But I think that a byproduct of that at times has been um, not so much a, a lack of uh, care about what the results are, but um, perhaps not that burning desire to win at all costs. So um, I, I think it will need to be a bit of a shift to start to get that winning mentality um, where rather than going into games just hoping to to go close or hoping to get a win uh, or being satisfied with with a good performance uh, I, I'd like to see the I'd like to see us really going to games almost expecting to win and, and, and really taking the game on from the start and uh, it's been six months since the uh, TV game the uh, women's exhibition match at Eddie Hatch Stadium since that moment and the buzz and the hype around it how's that help your recruiting? I think it's huge. I'd imagine that across Australia, clubs are finding the same sort of thing. The exposure that that, great, that game brought was just magnificent. Whether or not it's, it's youth girls joining the system and then starting to push up into senior ranks or... or or I think we've we've probably seen a few girls come over from other codes as well, uh, some netballers and some touch footy players who uh, had always been aware of Aussie rules but hadn't really gotten involved in playing because they couldn't see that pathway to the top. But um, now that that's... Um, now, now that that exposure is there and they can see that pathway and what's on the horizon, then I, I think it's really generating some huge interest levels. And, of course, uh, just recently you had the uh, National Talent Search in Brisbane, uh, like it's already been in Melbourne and in Perth. Have, have you been able to pick up one or two players from that talent search to your club? Uh, I think it's still probably going to take a little while to, to settle down for, uh, I suppose, for the players to, to find their footing and start to come down to some training sessions and figure out which club they would like to join. Uh, there's a bit of a push, which makes a lot of sense, to get players heading towards the club that they're local to, uh, minimise the travel time. And I, I think also a bit of a push to try to send some of the, the rookie players to the clubs that may not have as, as stronger lists as some of the others. Um, there were a couple of girls from the day that we have spoken to, so we'd be hoping that a couple of them could come down to, to training with us over the next week or two and, and fit into our squad. But uh, I, I think that overall just the, the league is really going to benefit from that because there were a couple of ladies who uh, had played a few games here or there, but overall it, it really was... Um, women who are brand new to the code who, who came down to that day so it would be really interesting to see them join the league and, and take it on and see how they uh, find their footing 
Well, I'm interested to hear you were saying you were speaking to a couple of girls, whether it be the talent search or, or whether it be anyone just trying to take up Aussie rules. What have you been describing as your selling point to girls who are thinking about taking up the game to get them to come to your club in particular? Our club's pretty well, especially our women's program at our club is very focused on um, really trying to create an environment where people enjoy their football. Um, we figure there's no point people almost being forced to come down to a footy club and come to training, come to games. It's not the sort of place where anyone's going to um, really improve their skills and their knowledge that quickly uh, if they're not wanting to be there. So um, I think what really sets us apart is, is that enjoyment that the girls and the boys through our club all have for, for their football and for coming down and spending time with their mates. So that's probably the biggest thing that I've been uh, explaining to some of our prospective recruits, just uh, letting them know that it, that it really is just a good place to be around. Um, not that any of the other clubs out there aren't like that, but um, I, I think being a university club, that's quite a, a unique feel at, at UQ. Now, of course, for this year in the representative uh, fixture, uh, there will be a Queensland side, whether it be as uh, the Gold Coast Suns or Brisbane Lions, taking on a Melbourne team, according to the Quaffle fixture. And there'll be an under-23s match, Queensland versus WA. Uh, from your Queensland uh, University of Queensland team, um, who do you hope will be, hopefully in the selector's eyes, to be uh, given a shot at representative level? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think that our... Uh, across the state, some of our top players have got a fair bit of recognition, but outside of that top handful, there's still quite a lot of players there who can really make a name for themselves, but um, really just need to get that opportunity to play at a high level and uh, and show what they can do. So uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that the state program is really uh, excited about getting some of those games coming up where they can take on some good opposition. From our club, we've got quite a few girls in the State Academy at the moment. Um, I'm just racking my brains. Bree Conan is, has had a couple of stellar years, um, but I would probably put her in that top handful that almost has a bit of recognition already. Uh, having not played in an exhibition match so far, I think that uh, the reputation that she already has can still um, skyrocket because she's she's just a fantastic player and once she gets that opportunity to play at the exhibition level, uh, I think she will really, really turn heads. We had um, another one called Annie Shuring who came to us last year, having never really played Aussie Rules before. Um, for a first year, first year player, uh, she was fantastic along with her friend Marley. The two of them came down uh, to play footy. Marley won the Rising Star and now is headed overseas. But Annie is probably more of a quiet achiever with her footy and has just, especially over this off-season, been, been tracking along really nicely. Um, she's been training with the State Academy over summer, so I think that she is someone who, who could really jump out. Um, Shani Webb is our Quaffle captain and has sort of battled injury over the last 12 months or so. Uh, she won the best on ground medal with the Queensland team about two years ago, but yeah, since then she, she's been carrying injuries, so hasn't really been able to to put her name forward. Hopefully if she can get injury free, then she's certainly talented enough and um, wise enough with the footy that, that she can hopefully stand out as well. 
Um, and I think the other one is probably one of our recruits who's joined us from, um, or probably two of our recruits that have joined us from, from Cooperoo. Um, Megan Hunt and Dania Herdman have both played a bit of state footy before, uh, but I think they'll really be looking to take their game to, to a new level as well and, and hopefully put their name forward to play in the National League once it gets up and happening. And uh, finally, before we let you go, we obviously talk about the players and their hopes to make the National League, but what about yourself and obviously some of the other off-field staff at the University of Queensland? Is there hopes for a few of you to uh, be involved in some off-field capacity with either, say, the Brisbane Lions or Gold Coast Suns, should one of them be selected to take part in the National Women's League? Absolutely. Um, Personally, if the opportunity ever arose, it would be something that... Uh, I think you don't really get involved in football unless you you were, uh, unless you love the game. And uh, I suppose um, being involved at that highest level is something that you would always like to to be able to get the opportunity to do. Uh, part of the reason that that Damo came over to us this year as coach was really to train up some of the uh, other people within the club as well to, to pass on some of his coaching experience. So. Uh, as much as I'm sure Damo will be pushing to try to, to push for a spot in that National League, uh, hopefully he can pass on some of that experience as well and we can develop up a few other coaches uh, or administrators who would like to try to push into putting their name forward to be involved once it gets to that level. Well, Michael, thank you very much for joining us on girlsplayfooty.com. We look forward to catching up with you uh, during the season and we wish University of Queensland all the very best and we hope for a uh, certainly an even and an exciting uh, quaffle competition in 2016. Yeah, thanks very much. And once again, thank you to Michael Swan for his time. I'm Peter Holden. It's been a privilege having your company for the first edition of 2016 for the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. We hope to have many more for you throughout the year and hopefully live radio coverage of women's football as well. All of that still to be decided and sorted out over the coming weeks and months. But rest assured, there'll be plenty more articles coming up on our website, girlsplayfooty.com, not only just from myself, Matt, Katie, Christy and the other writing team, but also... Also, there'll be a number of women's footballers as well giving their thoughts on uh, just the season, how it's going, and, of course, their hopes and aspirations uh, for the Australian Football League women's competition, which is due to start in season 2017. No doubt a lot more news and a lot more debate on that to occur over the next 12 months or so. Until then, it's been a privilege having your company, and it's bye for now.